had a little bit of a quandary this morning because it's been a long time since we've had a children's sermon and I really wanted to have the children come up here but I knew that wouldn't work and then I saw how many children we had here this morning and I thought well maybe I should put my board up here so everybody could see better but then the pulpit kind of blocks it so I think I'll just stay down here and I'll just ask you children can you see the board reasonably well if you can't, try to shift yourselves and get in a position where you can. So I'm going to be doing some drawing on that board this morning. And uh, I know as I looked over this message, it was a message that I could apply to my life too. So it's not just a children's message in that sense of the word as well. So children, uh, how many of you know what a centipede is? I see a few hands coming up. That's good. How do you identify a centipede? Can one of you tell me a way that you can identify a centipede? Well, a centipede has a whole bunch of body sections. And what differentiates a centipede from a millipede is that he has two legs per body section. A millipede has four legs per body section. Well, I learned a little rhyme when I was young about a centipede. The centipede was happy quite until a frog in fun said, Pray, which leg comes after which? He lay distracted in the ditch, considering how to run. So he was perfectly happy until he got confused about life and about how to move forward with life. And then he just lay there and did nothing. And sometimes life can seem like it's big and confusing and overwhelming. I remember thinking some of those thoughts when I was young. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When I was young, my parents read uh, to me the book, uh, The Little Pilgrim's Progress. Now, I don't know if, how many of you have heard either The Pilgrim's Progress or The Little Pilgrim's Progress. But it's an allegory, it's a story about a person that depicts the Christian life. And The Little Pilgrim's Progress is this young boy that uh, goes on this journey. And he leaves the city of destruction and he, goes to the, and he goes on this journey to the celestial city. And as he's going on this journey, he encounters all these different things. Some good, some bad. And he makes his way through the difficulties. He makes some mistakes along the way. He gets those mistakes corrected and eventually he makes it to the celestial city. 
When my parents read me that book, I remember, and, and I think I've said this here before, but I remember thinking as a young child, I remember thinking, well, I just want to, to, to walk out of the house right now and I want to get my suit of armor and I want to start down the road to the celestial city. I just wanted to start this journey because I wanted to go to that celestial city. I wanted to end up in heaven. But I didn't think it was that easy. I didn't think it would be as simple as just going out of the house and walking down the road. Can we do that? Can, can we take that simple journey? Well, not in the exact same way that I'm describing to you, but we can take a journey like that. And it does involve things that we do. Can any of you children tell me how far it is from your house to church? that too tough of a question? I'll tell you what I would say if somebody asked me. I'd say it's about 25 minutes. The problem that I have with that answer is I don't have any rulers or measuring tapes that measure in minutes. All of mine measure in inches and feet and then you might say how many miles it is. But to go somewhere takes time. And your journey, your, your path, if you will, here it talks about in our, our text verse, it talks about a light to my path. Your path is what you do with the time that you have. That's your path. You're alive. You've been given time. And your path is what you do with that time. God's Word is a lamp and a light. I thought about this this morning when Joe was having his devotional. It was very, it fit very well with some of these concepts here in, um, in this verse here in Psalms. But have you ever been in a cave when they turned out all the lights? Have any of you children experienced that? Have you ever been down in a cave and they turned off all the lights and you were down there with all the lights off? I have. And the, the lady that was guiding the group said, now put your hand in front of your face. And I held my hand right here where I could almost feel it with my nose and I couldn't see a thing. There was no light. See, when there's no light, it doesn't matter how good our eyes are, we can't see a thing when there's no light. And that creates two problems. And Joe demonstrated the problems up here. You don't know if it's safe to step forward or not if you can't see. You don't know what... But the other problem that you have is you might run into something or you don't know if you're going to step on something that's painful. Either one. Or you're going to fall down or whatever. So y'all probably all seen the, the path that I drew up here on the board, right? No, you don't see the path. So how are you going to find your way if you can't see the path? 
you're not going to be able to. And so if we don't have light to see the path of that time that we're spending in life, we're not going to be able to see the path. And I talked to a man this week that really made me think about this. He was a man who just became a Christian in the last two weeks. And he said that all of his life, from when he was very young, all the way up through his life, he'd been conditioned against the Bible. Everything that he had learned had, had told him to make fun and put down what was in this book. He didn't have the light of the Word of God in his life. And he said he spent years, and I'm not sure how old he is, he said he spent years just pursuing one thing and then pursuing another thing and pursuing answers to why he was experiencing pain in his life and why he was struggling in life and what really was the truth. And he was looking down this channel and looking down that channel and he wasn't finding anything. And that's what happens when we can't see the path. And about a month ago, he saw a billboard. And the billboard said something about Jesus. And at the bottom of the billboard, it said, 834-TRUTH. And he said, at the time, I was thinking that that's foolishness. But he said, that's stuck in my mind. And it was like Jesus was saying, come over here, the truth is over here. Come this way. And he said, I picked up the Bible and started to read. And he said, the Bible has the truth. The Bible shows us the path. So now you can see the path. What does the Bible tell us about the path? Well, it tells us many things about the path. It tells us the right things about what's right to do, to, to follow, which path to follow and which path not to follow. So I'd like to think just a little bit about how the Bible tells us to follow that path. So you're going along in life. And you come to a decision. Because you see, a decision is when you have to decide whether you're going to do one thing or you're going to do another thing. And so on this side of the path, the sign's pointing up this way. And it says, tell the truth. And this sign is pointing down this way, and it says, tell a lie. So what are you going to choose? Well, if you don't know better, if you don't have a light to tell you what's going to happen if you take either path, you might choose the wrong thing. Let's see what the Bible says. 
Blessed is the man that makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. So it says that you're blessed if you don't go down this road. So it's telling us which road to take. It's telling us which way to go on our path. Why does it tell us to do that? Well, what you can't see is around the bend in this road. Now, you probably know what I just drew. Does that look like something you might see in the, up in the corner of the beams at the, at the barn or somewhere like that? It has this little creature, mean-looking creature hiding in the corner somewhere of it. And he's waiting there to capture a fly. Here's what the Bible says about that road. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. He that works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Therefore, putting away lying, each of you speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So the Bible not only tells us which road to take, it tells us which road not to take, and what's going to happen if we do. Okay? That's one road. That's one decision. Yeah, you're going on through life, you're going on down through your day or your week or your year, and you come to another decision. Now this one's a little bit more writing. But the decision is whether you're going to take care of your body Or if you're going to get involved with something like alcohol or drugs. <clears throat> well, there's this place that you can go to have a really nice view called Lover's Leap. Maybe some of you have been up there. It's up in Hone Quarry and Briar Branch. And if you walk up the trail, you can uh, you can see a place where there was a rock slide a long time ago, and 
uh, you can see the trail up above you, the right trail. And so you might think, hey, I can go this way, I can go on the lower trail, and then I can go up across that rock slide, and I can get to that upper trail, and it'll be a shortcut, and I can have fun along the way. You might think that this might seem like it's offering you a shortcut to fun. What does the Bible tell you? Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaints? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of the eyes? Those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine, do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. At the last, it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Well, there were some people that were climbing up to Lover's Leap one time, and they thought they would take a shortcut and get there quicker, and they'd go up across that rock pile. And they ran into a rattlesnake up there on those rocks. So just because something looks like it might be fun doesn't mean that's what the end is. The Word of God tells us what the end is. It tells us that those things bite like a serpent at the end. One of the primary reasons why we choose to begin down this road is because of friends. Many of the people that I have talked to that have gotten involved in these things have gotten involved in them because of friends. So what does that mean? Well, that means it's important who your friends are, right? Are they friends that are going to help you to take the good path, to take care of yourself? Are they your friends that are going to help you take the wrong path? Here's what the Bible says. He who walks with, his, he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So that's telling us what kind of friends to make. Proverbs 2.12 says, To deliver you from the way of evil and from the man who speaks perverse things. For those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked, those who are crooked and who are devious in their paths. So it's saying that those who depart from the way of righteousness are not people that are going to help you to go in the right direction on your path. This is our path. This is life. And these are things that we can do to make sure that we go towards the celestial city.
tell you what it's supposed to be, okay? This is supposed to be an old-timey uh, log trap, okay? Back years and years ago, they would set these traps, and they would take a tree or a big log, and they would prop it up against another one. So it would have something supporting it at the bottom to keep it from, from uh, sliding down, and then it would have another post that would be up like that, and then there would be some kind of a trigger that was attached to where it was propped. And when a bear or an animal, a big animal or something would go, go underneath of that thing, they would hit the trigger and the log would drop and that would take care of the animal. So he would be there when they came back, when they came back to pick him up. So what we want to talk about with this one is Which way are you going to take? Are you going to take the way of being kind? Are you going to take the way of being unkind? Okay? You think, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, the Bible tells us. In Psalm 6.17 it says, His trouble shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down on his own crown. And so if someone does things that are violent, or they cause trouble for others, that's going to come down on their own head. That they're going to experience it. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. So the Bible's telling us which one to take. So when we face that decision, which one are we going to do? So what we have here is a bridge with a break in the middle and a set of hinges right here. So what's going to happen if you walk across that bridge? You get part way across and your weight's going to start pushing the end down and you're going to fall into whatever's underneath the bridge, right? Well, there's a story in the Bible about some people who had a fall. And it wasn't off of a bridge like this. But it was similar. These two roads are obedience or rebellion. In Jude it says, 
Woe to them who have gone in the way of Cain, who run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit, and perish in the rebellion of Korah. Now what I want to think about, specifically from that verse, is the rebellion of Korah. Korah was a man who lived during the time when the Israelites went from Egypt to Canaan, to the Promised Land. And he was there as they made their journey through uh, the wilderness. He was a son of Levi, so he was related to Moses and Aaron. And he did not think that Moses and Aaron were doing what they should do. And so he spoke out against them and, and encouraged other people to speak out against them. And uh, it's saying here in Jude, it's saying, Woe to the people who do what Korah did. Now, do any of you know what happened to Korah? Yes. Do you know? He got swallowed in the ground. That's exactly right. So what happened was, well, I'll just read it. Now it came to, mass, came to pass as he, Moses, finished speaking all these words that the ground split apart under them and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and their households and all the men with Korah with all their goods. So it's saying that rebellion is a woe. Something bad is going to happen to you if you take the road of rebellion. road should you take? The road of forgiveness or the road of bitterness? I don't know what that looks like to you, but that's supposed to be a bramble bush. If you ever read about burr fox and burr rabbit, burr fox gets stuck in the bramble bush a couple times. And that can be pretty painful. Hebrews 12.15 says about these two roads, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. And so this root springs up and catches you in its brambles. And many people are defiled because of that bitterness. And then about forgiveness, it says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So you see, it's a pretty easy choice when you follow the light of God's Word. So we talked about a couple different places that you could turn off 
this path and go the other way. And we talked about what the difference was between those two roads or the different consequences and the different reasons why you might turn off. But there's a really important comparison between these roads that I want to bring out here. That this road is a road of light. And these roads are the paths of death. These lead us to death at the end, the very end. We don't just get caught in the brambles. We don't just fall through the bridge. They're the paths of death. So why would we, why would we take these if they're the paths of death? Well, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that talks about that. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well for those who fear God, who, who fear before Him. So what it's saying there is that when, these, when you started down this road, it might not have felt very painful. It might have actually felt easier. It might have been a downhill slope. Maybe it was easier to tell a lie. Maybe it was easier to take that drink with friends or smoke that cigarette. Maybe it was easier to let uh, bitterness creep up in your heart. Maybe it was easier to do those things at first. And because you don't feel the consequences of that right away, you think that the road is okay. And so you go on down that road. That's what it's saying there in Proverbs. And then it says in Proverbs 14, there is a way that seems right to man, to a man, but the end is the way of death. Those paths lead to death, even though they might feel good initially. Remember our verse, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So it's there, though God's word is there to show us which one to take. So we can see which way we're going and get it corrected before it's too late, before it leads to death. Psalm 16 says, O Lord, You are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. And we talked about this a little bit in instruction class. Do you know what an inheritance is? An inheritance is something that's valuable that you receive from someone else. It's saying that the psalmist is saying that he has a good inheritance. And I want us to think about the man that I talked about earlier, about how early in his life he was conditioned against the Word of God. He was conditioned against the truth by the things that he had been exposed to. And I want to tell you this morning that if you have parents that are teaching you from the Word of God that the lines have fallen to you in a pleasant place, 
Because you don't have to go down all these roads and, and, and pursue all these different things trying to find light for your path. Because the light is already being given to you. The lines have fallen to you or the, the opportunity has fallen to you very well if you are being taught about the Word of God. You have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because He is my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Now this is the verse I really want you to catch. You will show me the path of life. God will show us the path of life if we put our trust in Him. And then here's the good part. Instead of ending up in the spider's web or in destruction and death, for in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So taking this path has a good end. It's not just a path of not doing what you want. It's a path of God fulfilling your desires, fulfilling your needs. It's the only path that will bring you real happiness and contentment because the fruit of that path is love, joy, and peace. There's another thing about it too, and this is especially important, I think, for people that are young. That staying on this path keeps your lines of communication open with God through your young years. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So if I start to go down these paths of sin, the Lord will not hear. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So the eyes of the Lord are on these people. His ears are attuned to these people. But if you've chosen iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear. He set His face against you. So is there no hope if you've started down these paths? No. There's hope. God's Word tells us how to get back on the right path. Proverbs 28.13 He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. I made many mistakes down the wrong paths. And when I confessed and forsook my sin, God had mercy. And God set my feet back here. And in Psalms 40 it talks about that. That we were in, stuck in the miry clay. And God brought me out of that and set me on a rock. So God is able to do that if we confess our sin. So if we've taken a wrong path, if we've taken a wrong turn, what can we do? Well, if you're a child, talk to your parents about it. Get your feet back on the right path. If you face a decision and wonder what you're going to do, Choose the path of life. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. And I think for all of us, well, I know for all of us, parents and children, 
You children, our, us parents have the same responsibility, maybe even greater responsibility, to show you the path of life and to live the path of life ourselves. So let's all be careful to keep our feet on the path of life. Shall we have a song?